everyone, and welcome to another episode of Don't Wait Till Pigs Fly, a podcast conversation with successful business owners who share their secrets of thriving in business while living with chronic illness. Here's Nancy Becker. Hey, everyone. Good morning. I'm Nancy, the Chief Flying Pig Wrangler. Do you have a chronic illness? Do you need better systems to scale your company? Here at Don't Wait Till Pigs Fly, we listen to conversations that reveal the tools and mindsets to make our businesses grow more easily. I know our guest today has some insight into that, so grab your pens and paper and get started taking notes. It's going to be good. Welcome, Penny Zinker. Hi, how are you? I'm fine. Penny, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, uh, I am a focusologist. So you are a pig wrangler and I am a focusologist. (laughs) And I don't think anybody knows what either one of those are. (laughs) Right. Well, then I should define what that is. So, So a focusologist, so my general tagline of how I describe myself and really how others describe me is that I help people to think, act, and be more strategic. And the definition of, of focusology, as I've defined it, is, is to help us to, to understand more about what drives focus. So it's, it's a practice, first of all. That's why we're ologists, is we have to practice it day in and day out. It's not easy and maybe gets a little easier, but it's a practice of controlling and directing the energy of our thoughts, our feelings, and our actions to create a positive, meaningful result. That so is, that's, that's big. <laughs> it's a mouthful, right? And, and really, you know, at the end of the day, I've come to realize that, that my whole life and in challenging situations that I've been in through, you know, my, my father was killed in an accident when I was 19 or through divorce, which I think is sometimes even more difficult than death because somebody chose to leave you, right? Other business challenges that I've had of, you know, positive business challenges where my business grew too fast or all the different challenges we have in our life, I realized that it's really about our, our success is determined by where we choose to control and direct our, our focus and our attention and our energy. So, you know, that's kind of in a gist, like, who I am. And I come to understand that like, this is who I am at the fiber of my being is to help people to see that and to choose, make good, better choices. You know, and that is so important. I mean, we're, we're jumping right in here with the meat, but this is really important when you're talking both about running a business and about dealing with chronic and autoimmune diseases. Absolutely. We in both categories we often tend to just let it happen you know we were talking just before we turned on the recording and said we'll just play it by ear yeah we don't know what we're gonna do we're just gonna talk and see where it takes us and that's I think how we live our lives often Mm. and then we wonder why we hurt so bad why our business suffers and why we don't get anywhere it's right? so true. It's so true. I have this phrase that I use is, and it's happened to me. It works until it doesn't. Right. Let's, let's say we're going to talk about some strategies for time management today. You know, when it comes around focus as well, some of our practices, they work 
until they don't, right? Or, or the dysfunctions that we have, like procrastination. Some people procrastinate, but somehow they manage to get stuff done and manage to succeed. And then they use the, the excuse, well, that just makes me better because uh, I have to cram it in at the last minute or whatever, right? Whatever we justify. But the truth is, is we, we have to create that consciousness. And even though we didn't have a plan, we knew what our topic was and we knew. So, you know, it depends on the circumstance and that the, the expectations meet the circumstance. I think that's a huge piece of it is that we set the right expectations for the circumstances that we're in. And that's big, setting expectations. I just wrote a post on LinkedIn. I I did a poll on LinkedIn and we were talking about creating strategic plans. And I said in the the beginning of the post, I said those planning, strategic planning and just design itself are two of the most dreaded words in the business <laughs> vocabulary. People don't want to hear it. They run around screaming, no, 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 go away. But I likened it to when I was a kid, and this shows how old I am, when my parents took us on vacations, they would go to AAA and they would get what was called a triptych. And oh, right. I remember those. You remember those? The, yeah. the maps that were on the, the rolls yep. and they gave you the, the roadmap to get you where you're going. And it would show, it would show where there were detours and places to get off for interesting sites and all of that. Well, we need to do the same thing with our business. We need yes. to know where we're going. My, one of my favorite quotes is if you don't know where you're going, anywhere will get you there. And so strategic planning is very important in business and time management, which is what we're going to be talking about in just a couple of seconds, is a part of that strategic plan, I think. Of course. Well, first of all, you have to set a block of time that's dedicated for that strategic plan, right? We don't, we're so busy. The the typical entrepreneur is just running from thing to thing and has themselves booked back to back to back to back and almost leaves themselves no space to actually do that critical thinking that's necessary. So number one, you know, to be more successful in our businesses is to embrace time management and the idea of time blocking so that we can say, this time is dedicated specifically for strategic thinking. And then that way we know that it's there and it's like an unmovable block, right? Or, or I say, you don't delete it if you have to move it, then you move it, but you can't delete it, right? So that it's it's because it's a critical part of being able to effectively run and grow and take your business to the next level. Yeah. And how does someone, if they've never taken the time to sit down and say, I really want to be more aware of what I'm doing, how I'm doing it, when I'm doing it, moving forward. Right. How does someone get started? Well, it's, it's really simple, right? I mean, and we do this in other areas. So we could do a time study, which means we simply track where we're spending our time. Let's take it in a different context. So people who want to go on a diet or want to lose weight or want to change their health, they track what they eat, what they drink, right? And that, and that type of thing that they have in, in an app or on a sheet and they write down, maybe it's calories, maybe it's the number of glasses of water that they've had, right? Or, or macros and all different things. So if we want to know more about 
where we're spending our time, how effective we're spending our time. We have to start with documenting and, and getting clear on, okay, how much time are we spending in our email answering emails? How much time are we spending on strategic thinking activities? How much time are we spending on sales? How much time? And what I find is when people do this, and I like to do it at a high level, like you have to document every 15 minutes, right? That's where people go, oh my God, I'd rather have a root canal than, than uh, track my time. But if we do it at top level, so let's assume that the entrepreneur that wears many different hats, and that might be a sales role, there might be administration that's involved, there might be HR if they're managing people, right? And, and so forth. So we could put those top level and then just track it from there. So for instance, I had one, uh, one of my clients, and that's where I start everybody at, because it just creates a heightened awareness, you know, as to where you're spending your time. Then you, every time you do something, you think more about, do I want to do this? Am I, am I distracting myself? You know, and, and it'll help you also get clear on the number of distractions. So this one uh, gentleman, he was able to determine that he only spent less than 5% on sales. And he was wondering why he wasn't growing his business. Well, duh, like it was pretty obvious, right? So, and sometimes we need to see that obvious. We need that kick in the head or in the pants to show us that what we're doing isn't working. Yeah, that, that makes so much sense. And in fact, that's one of the things I do with my clients all the time too, is say, we can't know where we want to go until we know where we're at. And we have to figure out what it is that we're doing that is successful. That's not successful. How do we tweak it? And yeah. I get the eye rolls. <laughs> you know, well, they hate it, right? Kicking and screaming, but they're glad that they did it. Once it's done. Yeah. And I think that's, even more important when you're talking about this kind of a subject, when you bring in the issues of, I've only got so much energy in a day. Yeah. I, I used to work from like 4.30 in the morning until midnight and I would go to bed and I would go to sleep and I would jump back up at 4.30 again the next morning and I would oh, be geez. going. Yeah, that was my day and I loved it. And I'm going, well, I guess it's time I should go to bed. But now it's, it's like the alarm clock goes off at seven o'clock and I'm going, no, there's a commercial for Kit Kat bar, which I think is hilarious. And it's, and it's a Dracula and the Kit Kat bar opens in as a coffin and he's going, all right, all right, another five minutes. (laughs) It's funny. It's funny. Hilarious. And I go, that's me. You know, just let me have another five minutes. (laughs) That's a good example of where it works until it doesn't, right? Is it's not sustainable to work those kind of hours, you know, and and what's it costing you, not just in your health, right? But what's it costing you in other things that you might enjoy doing that, that balance you out in terms of your, your ability to think clearly or, you know, make different connections. Yeah. And I think so often with people who do have chronic illnesses, who, who struggle with exhaustion and pain, Mm -hmm. it's hard to even get out of bed. They look at, oh my goodness, I've got all of this to do. I've only got so much energy to do it. It's not going to get done. I'm just going to give up. Right. What does someone who's in that kind of a situation do to manage their time to the best of their ability and to get the work done. Right. Well, so there's a couple different things, right? The, the first one is get out of bed, right? So you have to have strategies to get out of bed. 
if, if that keeps you in bed. So uh, some of them might be uh, physical strategies, practical strategies, like put the phone or the alarm clock, you know, across the room. So you have to get out of bed in order to turn it off. Those are like physical ways, but then there's also like mental ways. Like, you know, I, I used to, uh, it's funny, sometimes little phrases or little things that help us to connect to a higher purpose that we're, why we're doing it, you know, and, and what that means to you. And so it might be a little phrase like that, that gets you up in the morning. It, it reminded me of the, the Dunkin' Donuts commercial, since we're talking about commercials, where the guy is like, time to make the donuts. <laughs> and I don't know, somehow, maybe that's his big why. I don't know. Maybe we've got other big whys. But, you know, maybe that's connected to that it brought people happiness. And he loved to see people smile and, and bring joy to their face because who doesn't like a donut, right? You know, maybe that was it, but that in my mind, that's how it was. And so I don't know, for some reason that perked me up and would, you know, I could use that or I could tell myself, because if we have to get a plane, let's say we're going on vacation and we have a plane that's leaving at 4.30 in the morning, right? And you're like, oh God, I could never get up at that hour. You're getting up for that plane because you got to be on it, right? So maybe we hack our, our mind a little bit and say, got to get the plane, so we've got to find what works for us, play around with different strategies. And of course they work until they don't, when it stops working, find something else. Um, it's really funny because that exact phrase is what gets me up in the morning. It's time to make the donuts. And I, that's it. That's funny. And I'm, go I'm going for the day. You know, right. there's just something that puts our mind into gear. Yes. And I, I think I can't just sit here and lay in bed all day. I can, I can take a nap later if I need to, but right now that business is calling me. <laughs> right. Totally. And what it is for me too, is I've always had a principle that I don't snooze. So it's just as important to have the clears of what I do, like a vegetarian, right? They do certain things, but they don't eat meat, right? So we have, we need to have really clear in our self-definition and identity as to what we do and what we don't do. And I remember always thinking, I don't snooze, right? It helps me to be, to, to remind myself of discipline and start out the day with discipline. Well, with the beginning of COVID, I started to snooze. My boyfriend likes to snooze. So I also was influenced by him hitting the snoozer. And I realized that I saw how it started to creep into everything. So I wouldn't quite finish my workout or, you know, 10 minutes before I'd be like, that's good enough. And so I would like, do these things to cut them short or not follow through. And I realized that I can't let myself slip into that mentality. And it starts with the snooze for me in the morning. So I say, that's why I get up. I make the pre-decision and these, this can be used for other areas in our life. How can we pre-decide? I decide the night before and make a conscious choice. This is back to that awareness point, right? I make a conscious choice that I'm going to wake up at six o'clock. And if that's the decision that I made the night before, then I'm going to honor that decision. Even if I'm tired, there's a reason why I made that decision and I'm going to get up. And so pre-decisions can be things that we can also use to support us in setting up our time in an effective and efficient way. I think one of the words that you just said that I heard and my bells are going ding, ding, ding is discipline. Mm -hmm. And there's a balance here. And, and you're talking, I'm thinking enough is enough. Discipline. What, you know, there's got to be a little bit of 
both in there. You can't just say, all right, I'm supposed to do this today, work for an hour, but I'm only going to work for 10 minutes. Enough is enough. But yet you've got people who are relying on you to get something done and you need to have that discipline in order to get it taken care of. How does that balance for you? (laughs) You know, there's, I'm not sure I understand the question exactly. So like there are people who they could go under the guise of of discipline, but they're overanalyzing and they're over-functioning. They're overworking and, and, you know, like just won't put something down because it's never good enough. So you can pre-decide on making to say, this is when it's good enough. So I'm going to stop at this point. You know, that that's what I do is I can sometimes go overboard. So I have to say, this is the point when it's good enough. And if I pre-decide that when I get there, I can, I can recognize it and I can recognize that I'm spinning my wheels and it's not effective anymore. But if somebody's saying this is enough because they're exhausted, we have to listen to our body as well, right? And it could be that, especially, you know, if, if somebody does have chronic fatigue or pain or, and, and that particular day it's triggered and it's, and it's very difficult, it's also okay to give ourselves permission to say my body needs rest. And if I don't, then I'm going to push myself over and then I'm not going to be good for the next three days. So I'm going to take care of myself and put yourself first. I do believe we need to put ourselves first. So we need to recognize the difference. Me saying I need a little bit more sleep in the morning. I could have decided that the night before, if I was going to bed at two o'clock in the morning, and that's when I was setting my alarm, then I'm going to know that I'm going to be tired at six o'clock. So I could make that decision. Hey, I don't have any obligations. So I'm going to allow myself to sleep a little bit later. So we have to evaluate the situation and, you know, can, can handle that in the pre-decide, but we definitely have to listen to our body. And I just want to come back to that point about the expectations. So sometimes people put too much expectation on themselves that physically you're not able to meet. So you also have to check in and say, are you setting unrealistic expectations of what it is you need to get done tomorrow, knowing that you only have a certain amount of, of energy or capacity that you're able to work? So we also need to check that. That's why, like you said, write down your goals or your plan for the day, schedule it into your calendar. And then the day before, look at it and see, am I being realistic here? Am I going to be able to manage that on understanding where I think my, my energy level is and whatnot? So that's all part of time management. Overcommitting is, is a problem and, and it might be overcommitting for you where that same amount of work or, or capacity might not be for me. We have to judge it based on ourselves. Yeah, I think that's a big part is it's only ourselves that we need to look at. You know, don't look at, well, this person over here, Penny's doing all of this and I can't do all that much. So there's something wrong with me. We need to be able to, you know, to say, this is what I can do. Honestly, don't give in just because you want to take a day off or something, you know, but to, to know what your limits are and to not work past them. I, I think that's really important. Yeah. One of the things you were talking about in our, in our pre-schedule here was the daily planning method. Tell us mm-hmm. a bit about that. What is that all about? 
Sure. Well, so a way that, you know, we were both saying how important it is to kind of have a, a plan, right? So if and a plan can be for the year, it can be for the month, right? It can be for different timeframes and, and we need to have a plan every single day. So one of the challenges that people have is balancing urgency and importance is making sure that urgent doesn't crowd out important. So we don't even get to those important things. So I created a method that I use that's called the 135 daily planning method to kind of balance those two. One thing every day, a small step that's going to take you forward towards a long-term strategic initiative. Because typically those are things that get crowded out and then you're like, ah, I never got to this, never got to writing my book this year, like I set for a goal. So if you did one thing every day, put an outline together, find a quote, you know, different things that you might be gathering up to, to put that book together with those small little steps, you'll find that you'll be able to get, get there uh, as, as planned. Three things that you want to reach midterm milestones. So you've set goals and you've set milestone points of deliverables that you have to do, whether it's for a client or whether it's for yourself, right? Those sort of midterm type of milestones. And then five things that absolutely must be done by you today. So we get to challenge ourselves. Is this really urgent? Because we have a terrible urgency epidemic problem where we think it's urgent and it's not. So we get to challenge that. And we get to challenge whether it's necessary that we do it. Could I delegate this? Does someone else do this better and faster than I do? And why am I holding on to it, right? So those are some things that help us on a daily basis to, to keep that urgent and important in check. That's great. I, I think those things are really important and people go, oh God, another to-do list. I don't want another to-do list, but this is not really a to-do list. It's something that I'm if you don't have, for me, when you don't have anything on your schedule, it's like, I just collapse. You know, I, I need to have things that I need to do. And it's exactly what needs to be done. What should I do? What can somebody else do? And how do I do it without feeling overwhelmed? Right. And then you can assign a time to it, right? Put it in your calendar and say, this is how much time it needs. It doesn't mean that you're only going to get those nine things done, or, or maybe it does for that day. But the difference between a to-do to list really isn't a plan because people overload their to-do list and then it's unrealistic. And that's where you said, you know, maybe you throw your heads, your hands up and you're like, I can't do this. You know, it's, it's too much and you can get overwhelmed. With these nine things, it's not going to get you overwhelmed and it's going to create some balance. So, you know, it's just giving some structure to and creating a real to-do list. And then maybe you have an inventory of other things that you need to do, but that's more of an inventory versus uh, a realistic of, of what's today. And I think you need to look at what absolutely, as you said, what absolutely has to be done today and what would be nice to get done today, but could get put off till tomorrow. You know, that's that way of spreading it out a little bit yeah. that, that makes it not so stressful. I can't believe we're already almost out of time. This just, ah! this just went so fast. This is great. What have we not talked about that you want to share? I think the other most important thing in time management and prioritization, which I think is the biggest challenge of what people have, these competing priorities and so forth, 
which first I want to challenge people who think that they have competing priorities and help them to understand that they just really haven't set priorities. Because if they're all the same level, then you haven't set them, right? So, so I learned a great lesson from one of my mentors to set a practice of stepping back and reevaluating. And in that reevaluation, I am going to identify what's the 20% that gets me 80% of the result, right? So it's 80-20 principle, the Pareto principle, and, you, and, and to really live by it. I had this experience where I was completely overwhelmed and overloaded in what I was doing. Uh, I was in a new position. I thought it was going to be easy. It ended up being like 10 times harder than I had anticipated. And I went in to quit. And, uh, you know, after my boss listened to me, he said, listen, he said, I hired you to make decisions and what you do with the rest of your time is up to you. And I thought, that's a crock, like easy for him to say, right? But sometimes we, we get like really valuable advice and coaching at a time where we're really not able to hear it. But as that sunk in, I realized the brilliance behind that and that that is the 80-20 rule. And from there, because it was such an impactful moment, right, that I was so overwhelmed that I was like, okay, I need to live this principle because the decisions for this role that I was in was going to make the 80%. So it was really, and I think that's what people need to look at is constantly, then I constantly would step back and say, am I working on those 20% areas first? Those would be my top priorities. And then I can do the same thing after those are done, what's the next 20%. So, you know, I think that's the best tip that I can give people is to is to find their 20%. And that's in every area of their life, right? And not just in in their work life, but also uh, in their health. What's the 20%? The one thing is gonna make a bigger difference, the relationships. You know, do you need to have date night or your your relationship is gonna go under? And so just finding, you know, 20% of what makes your life more fun and more more joy, right? Find the 20% across every area of your life. That's a fantastic statement to end this show with thank you so much we we really rocked it i think you're you're just great information there how does someone get a hold of you if they want to talk to you hire you for something you know get your help sure my website is penniskeynote.com and from there they can check out my podcast uh, my my video clips uh, and different things that i offer so penniskeynote.com And that will definitely be on the show notes, everyone. To wrap things up, often after a podcast, people want to know more about some of the things that we do at Business Success Unlimited. You've got Penny's uh, website, so you can find out more about her. And if you'd like to hop on a Zoom with me, my contact information is also in the show notes. Or you can email me at nancy at businesssuccessunlimited.com. Guys, this has been a great lot of information today. I hope you got a whole lot of notes. Let us know what you liked in the comments. If you have questions, share them in the comments section. Also, let me know the kinds of topics that you would like to hear going forward. And we'll do our best to bring them onto the show for you. But in the meantime, get out there, be productive, and soar higher. Take care, y'all. Bye-bye.